Welcome everybody to the first episode of USL One on the Rocks. If you are not familiar with the title of the show, that's okay. It's a brand new show from brand new hosts. My name is Rich Flemings. You're probably familiar with some of the writing that I do for uh, for Union Omaha, for US Open Cup, whatever it is. You've probably seen my writing out there on Twitter from here and there. I am joined by Brian. Uh, he's another one of my buddies here. Brian, introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm Brian from Omaha is my name on Twitter. I go by um, Brian or Mediocre Ace, just depending on whoever's talking to me, which you know me from, whether you know me from real life, it's always going to be Brian, obviously. But if you know me from Twitter, I'll respond to either one. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. I do I do writing for um, the Who Gives a Hoot guys, um, a lot of fan engagement stuff, interviews with supporters groups, our own, and teams that we're playing as far as the ones that I can find. So um, you can check me on there too. Yes. Uh, so Brian and I are uh, both um, members of the Who Gives a Hoot media staff. We want to spend a, we want to send a special shout out to Luke, Ryan, Ben, Riley, Camille. Um, <clears throat> oh, who am I? Liam, Kyle. I mean, everybody out there. We work with you guys. We love working with you guys. We're just trying to do a little spinoff here. No big deal. Uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun doing this show. We're going to bring in people from other clubs. We're going to be doing a bunch of fun stuff. We have some cool ideas coming up in the future. So it's a, it's pretty exciting to be starting this show. Um, yeah, definitely. And also too, you know, thank you guys for giving us the opportunity to write and do that kind of thing for you guys. Um, it's been fun to get, get into it. It's been fun talking to people, especially from my end with all the different supporters groups that I do get to talk to and, Yep. And so if we say anything on this platform that gets Mike Gusson in trouble with who gives a who, it's not going to get them in trouble. So that works out for us. Okay. Too. <laughs> yeah. Completely separate entity. Yep. Not, it's not, it's not an affiliated podcast and it's not a competing podcast either. Cause I think you'll be guys will be able to tell we're a little bit different in what we're going to be covering and what we're going to be doing. So. Yep. So in the spirit of USL one on the rocks, Brian, what are you drinking tonight? What you got? Uh, tonight, I, I've got some bush lights with me. I didn't nice. go on the rocks, but in case it gets a little crazy also, too, I've got some Tennessee Legend small Ooh. batch coffee-flavored whiskey. There we go. So my mom got that for me when they were in Tennessee, my mom and dad, so might cool. break into that a little bit later, depending on how tonight goes. So all you Wisconsinites out there, you'll probably recognize this can. I'm going to break into this guy here and now get the spirits going yes we are on the rocks and i'm drinking a beer out of a can you'll <laughs> definitely see some on the rock action going on in the coming weeks though yes yeah i mean it is also a wednesday night so that too yeah we yeah, I literally just got home like within the past half hour too so yep yep all right so we're gonna head right into uh the results from last week, uh, last mm -hmm. week, week 13 was a big week, uh, especially for, um, high scoring matches. Oh uh, my gosh. Yeah. It yeah, was insane. So to, to kick that off, we're going to go straight into the Wednesday night early match, uh, which saw Chattanooga Red Wolves beat the shit oh, out of God. Charlotte seven to one. <laughs> Just put them in their place. It was ridiculous. You don't see that, you know, very often. This isn't baseball. 
whether I know we play in a baseball stadium, but this is not a baseball score. This yeah. is a soccer score. When you look at the timeline, so Charlotte scored in the 20th minute. By the 29th minute, Chattanooga was already up two to one. That was it. They could have ended the game right then and there. No further action needed. That score was settled. But obviously they had to play the 90 minutes, so they went to the full 90. Chattanooga scored seven. It was ridiculous. Just insult to injury. You already knew you were going to lose by the 29th minute, and then it just keeps going. So Chattanooga had two players with one goal and one assist, Ray Ortiz and Jorge Paez. Then they had Juan Galindres, who had two goals and one assist. And then Rafael Mensingen, who had two goals, two assists. I mean, just some incredible performances going on there. Yeah, definitely. That was a perfect uh, pronunciation, too, by the way. Thank you, man. That was right (laughs) off the tongue there. (laughs) So when you look at some of the stats from that game, Chattanooga had 19 shots with 12 on target. Oh. Charlotte, on the other hand, had 14 total shots with four on target. So there's just no defense being played is what you're telling me at this point. Either that or Charlotte couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Well, yeah, that too, I suppose. Well, I mean, that's got this. There's some silver linings here because, I mean, you face 12 shots on target and you let a little over 50 percent of them in. That's it's not horrible. Yeah, but. I mean, there definitely is some work to do there. You shouldn't be letting that many goals or that many goals or that many shots, especially on target coming in. Yep. So uh, Chattanooga had six big chances and obviously they took advantage of every single one of them because they put up seven. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte had two and could only capitalize on one of them. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, That, yeah, I mean, it. the tail of the tape is just finishing, obviously. I mean, yeah. they both had chances. It, one team finished and the other team didn't. So, And what's even funnier from that one, the XG for Chattanooga was 3.92. Obviously, they vaulted that one pretty easily. Charlotte yeah. was at 2.17. So they weren't terribly far off, but they still weren't keeping up. No, no. And I, well, even with the distance between those two and XG anyway is it's two goals either way, really. So, yeah. Yep. So then we went into Wednesday night's game where we saw Northern Colorado against central Fuego or summer central Valley Fuego mm-hmm. and the two uh, newcomers, two newcomers. Yeah. Um, and Northern Colorado. And uh, that was their first home victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm thinking correctly, uh, they beat central Valley four to one. They look good doing it too. That is one of the games I did catch. So, yeah. Oh, we catch. forgot to mention the uh, attendance for the Chattanooga game. It was 2008. Um, Let's see. What is their so attendance? What is their average? Um, where was that game at? It was at in Chattanooga. In Chattanooga, so they averaged yeah. twenty just under 2300 so so they were about a normal night just under really. par yeah. yeah um i did reach out to both nick rosser and rico cominelli uh who are associated with um northern colorado uh great guys supporters group yeah we i mean you've seen us on the podcast with them over on mm-hmm. winners and woozers 
Um, you got that one too, man. You're I know, on fire man. with the pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I did reach out to them for attendance numbers, uh, but they weren't able to to find anything. But a special special shout out to those guys um, for you know taking time out of their busy days to try to find those attendance uh, records for us. Um, they did say that they averaged somewhere between 500 and 700, so we can assume that it was somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, their average as of June 26th is 665. So yeah, and I mean that's not bad. They're not in their own place yet either. So yeah. That's it's going to be tough sailing, and plus you got the switchbacks not that far away. So, I yep. mean, it's going to be an uphill kind of battle with them anyway. I think, but if they keep having nights like that, they're going to bring people in. Yeah, definitely. And just like with the uh, Chattanooga Charlotte match, uh, the visitors struck first. Um, Central Valley scored in the seventh minute, uh, but from then on, it was all Northern Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northern Colorado had three players with one goal, one assist, uh, Trevor Amon, Irvin Para and Mark Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I decided to look up a special stat here, uh, because I wanted to see how truly effective Irvin Para has been for Northern Colorado, because it seems like he is just the center of all of their offensive production. And that's and all we ever out, hear is his name. So exactly. It's kind of like when you hear Richmond uh, kickers, you think Emiliano Terzaghi yep, right off the every bat. time. Yep. So of Northern Colorado's 16 goals, Irvin Parra has been involved, whether scoring or assisting almost half of them. Um, so he he's had six goals and one assist. So just under half of the goals involve him. Yeah. I mean, that explains why we hear so much about him. Exactly. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I guess we'll probably be lucky to see him next year in league one Yeah, with, I, with stuff like this. I mean, your productivity at this point, doing the stuff that he's doing right now, he's not going to be here long, yeah. which I mean, is the ultimate goal anyway, that we yeah. want to send guys up and do stuff like that for this league. It makes a, the whole league look better. So yeah, sure. Plus it totally gets a guy agree. with 50% of, of their productivity off the field against us. So that works too. And let's see here. Uh, So. Now is this 23 total shots for Northern Colorado? Yeah. With 12 on target. (laughs) Yeah. Ridiculous. Not as high scoring, but a lot more shots. So Northern Colorado did have five big chances. uh, Whereas Central Valley had one. Um, so they were, you know, keeping up with uh, the opportunities that were presented. So do you know, um, is that one big chance, was that their goal? I do not know that. I would assume so since, I mean, they capitalized on it. Yeah. Even the XG was, wasn't far off from the, the final score because Northern mm-hmm. Colorado was at 3.42 and Central Valley was at 0.97. So not far off. Yeah, I think I watched the first half of that match and it lit Noko looked really good. So, I mean, it surprised me a little bit to see the possession um, between the two. It kind of looks like Noko is doing the same kind of thing we do where you kind of ship the ball off and just hit them on counters and do stuff like that. So, exactly. And I think Central Valley is a team that wants to keep the ball, anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. They seem like a very 
what's that? What's the Barcelona? They call it like Tiki Taco uh, football or something like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, with all the passing yeah. and everything, something uh, like that. Yeah, just like the pass you to death approach. I mean, exactly. It, it's big in in all the European clubs. You know, we don't we don't see it as much here because it's for some reason it doesn't work as well here. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I kind of like our. I kind of like that style of hitting you on the counter. Anyway, it's more fun yeah. to watch for me. But it is, yeah. So yeah, that rounded out Wednesday night. So then we went into Thursday night where we had uh, Ford Madison uh, going up against Richmond up in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison won two to one. The Henny Derby. Yeah. And they had 4,082 people in attendance. That's really good. Good job, that, uh, Madison. Yeah. Yeah. And that's well over their average. They average just under 3,200. So big games wow. call you know big games call for big time attendance so yeah i wonder if that was like a special themed night or something like that that drew so many people into the stadium well it's a madison match you know so it was probably a kid unveiling and everything else (laughs) there you go at least we know there wasn't a uh, flaming lips concert in town (laughs) um so looks like Richmond, once again, the visitor struck first uh, in the 45th, three minutes of stoppage time in the first half. No Vignoles, uh with the assist from Jonathan Bolanos. And then in the second half, it was all Ford Madison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Another thing here too, shots, total shots. Madison had 20 shots too, six 20 on goal. shots. 20 <laughs> We just have teams shooting the ball wherever. <laughs> Get the ball to the middle and send it. Yep. There I mean, you go. It, it, it works, obviously. So, If the goalie is sitting in the box, you're not going to have very much luck chipping them. So stop shooting from 40 yards out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it looks yeah. like uh, big chances. Madison had three. Richmond had one. So they were pretty much on par there as well. Yep. Uh, Madison exceeded their XG because they were at 1.98 and Richmond was at 0.58. So, now, so I don't know so much about XG. Is it common to exceed your XG or is it more common to not exceed your, your XG? Uh, you certainly want to exceed the XG, uh, because it shows the, the probability of you scoring in certain scenarios and if you're able to score in low probability scenarios then i mean you're you're up in your your quality of play and xg and all that kind of stuff whereas if you're not scoring in high probability that that's hurting you too um so i think the the statistics work out pretty well to uh to carry out a pretty good average um a pretty good look at what could have been the final score. Um, obviously, they exceeded this time around, but mm-hmm. it's fairly accurate most of the time. Yeah, well, I have to start using that as a metric when I uh, am talking smack online, too, I guess. <laughs> yep. I'll leave the good number stuff to you, though. I'll just oh, make fu- I'll just make fun of Madison's thousands and thousands of kits that they make. So <laughs> It's pretty easy. Yeah, it's like well, low-hanging fruit. It is, but I can't help myself. Yeah. but they got the last laugh they won so credit to them i guess so then we had friday off and went right into saturday 
the early match was Greenville hosting Northern Colorado. Man, was oh Northern Colorado hosted that first one. Okay. Trip yeah, so a long trip too. That is Greenville won two to one. Uh, I did reach out to Geo to get uh, um, some attendance numbers for that one. I I couldn't get any numbers on that one, but special shout Geo. out to Geo for taking time out of his day as well to try to help us out with those numbers. Taking time out of combing his hair is probably what it was. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and he's buffing out that belt for us yeah, as it comes yeah. in next month. Yeah. Uh, we'll get it. So then, yeah. So all the action that happened in this match was in the second half. Uh, looks like Greenville opened the the score line at in the 54th minute with a Don Smart goal from the, the dot. It was a penalty kick. Yeah. The penalty spot. Yep. Yep. Um, Irvin Para, he's back in the, in the stat sheet again. Mm-hmm. And with the assist from Mark Hernandez, that guy's an assist machine. It's nice to have. Yeah. Got, I gotta have up, those guys. I want to look up something real quick. Uh, yeah. Mark Hernandez. Yeah. So while you're looking at that, just the third uh, or the second goal for Greenville here was uh, Jesus Sabara, unassisted, all on his own. Um, so as much as it hurts to say Greenville is was back in first place, I believe after the results today, they're still sitting in first place. Yep. Yeah, so I couldn't find that Mark Hernandez stat I was going to look for. I thought I had it in here. I didn't. Came unprepared. I apologize, Brian. No, it happens. I think everybody's going to find out that I'm going to come unprepared 90% <laughs> of the time. <laughs> I'm just going to talk out of my ass, which is what I usually do. So, <laughs> no, you're good, man. So, uh, Greenville at the end of week 13 is back in first place. Um, especially, I'll say, so we're recording this on Wednesday night. Greenville played earlier tonight and won. No, they didn't. Uh, I was going to look really smart, Rich, and now, now it's just ruined. Damn it. Oh, that's true. Shit. We were going to save that for the predictions. No, we, no, no one's played yet. That didn't happen. <laughs> We're watching uh, so it right now. Greenville is in first place. And uh, this is their second week uh, at the top of the table. And we, we did a list of which clubs have been at the top of the table and how long they've been there and which weeks they were there. Yep. Richmond has been at the top of the table five of the 13 weeks that we've had action so far this season. Chattanooga has been at the top four weeks, Charlotte two, and then Greenville two. Another interesting stat, whenever a team is at the top of the table, they are never there longer than two weeks. Hmm. That's how much parity there is in in the uh, league this season. Yeah, so it's completely different than the last two seasons. Yeah. Maybe even the first one, but I wouldn't know. I didn't start watching until Union Omaha came up, so. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, so Northern Colorado had 12 total shots with four on target. So they were a little cold Yeah, down there in Greenville. Yeah, Greenville had 17 with eight on target. So another, yep. again, just shots galore. It's insane. I don't I don't think I ever really like tracked how many times or how many shots actually get taken in these matches, but it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Seen it and on so, paper especially, so. 
this one kind of goes to what you were just saying, Brian. So uh, Greenville had two big chances and Northern Colorado had zero. So Greenville took advantage of their chances. Northern Colorado actually created their own um, when Irvin Parra scored that goal in the second half. So that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, surprise, surprise there. Yeah. Also not a surprise is that Greenville had less possession than NOCO. So yep. they, yeah. I mean, they play the same kind of game that we do, that we don't, they don't want possession. We don't want possession. So, I mean, it's tough to play against if when you got good guys up top that can run that counter attack like Greenville can. Yep. So it's interesting too, though, is instead I'm going to get into when we get into our match too, is some of these passing stats that we have. <clears throat> Greenville didn't do a great job passing at 78% of their passes were completed. Um, Northern Colorado did a little bit better at 82%, but that I think that's something that's going to be really telling when we get a little bit further on down the season is if these numbers start to go up or if these numbers stay about the same. Yeah. And I think you would probably want to stay somewhere around this, you know, the low eighties. Well, obviously you want way more than you want a hundred percent, but yeah. realistically you want to be in the eighties for your, your passes. Yeah. Um, that's a good place to be. Yeah. So, I mean, Greenville's just a little bit under that, but I'll talk about Oma when we get to it, but just remind me that I have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah. So I actually really liked uh, watching that match because it really seemed like Northern Colorado's offense and Greenville's defense was a, a good matchup um, with the, the flow of the game, the way that um, the passes were going, moving to the players. I mean, it was, it was, it was a really good matchup, even statistically. I mean, you look at uh, Northern Colorado's offensive uh, G uh, stat, they're at 1.23, whereas Greenville's defensive G was at 0 0.89. So they were relatively close. Mm -hmm. They were battling. Whereas if you look at the opposite, Greenville's G, uh, offensive G was at 1.47, but Northern Colorado's defensive G was at 0 0.02. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. So Greenville was making Northern Colorado's defense look pretty bad. Yeah, making them hurt just a little bit. Yeah. So that was the Saturday early match. The very next kickoff was Chattanooga hosting uh, FC Tucson. This one, oh man, boy, I, I have man, I have so many thoughts on this one. It's so crazy. The, there were two thousand two hundred thirteen people in attendance. So good job for mm -hmm. Chattanooga pulling in that many people. Um, especially against a team like Tucson. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, uh, Tucson beat Chattanooga at home or I'm sorry, in Chattanooga, mm -hmm. Tucson is at the bottom of the table and yeah. Chattanooga is near the top. I just uh, yeah. don't understand. I mean, it goes back to what we were saying, all the parody in the league. It's just crazy. Yeah. But I mean, even if you look at, the you know some of the top of the table teams and then Tucson, Tucson sitting on eleven points, whereas Chattanooga sitting on seventeen. So it's not like these teams are, you know, sitting on three points and somebody else is sitting on twenty something points. I mean, it's the league is so tightly contested this year that 
it's not going to be one team runs away with it and the bottom of the table team has no points. It, everybody's getting points somewhere. And True. it's just, I don't know. I'm still, uh, I'm still waiting for my prediction from the Who Gives a Hoot pod, our very first one there, uh, the turnaround for Tucson, because I still had Tucson as a dark horse playoff team. And, oh, did uh, you? Yeah, and John Perlman as coach of the year. So, whoa, all if, right. If he could go ahead and just recreate what he did last year down there, yeah. that would be great. And yeah. then I don't look quite as dumb. So, <laughs> um, let's see here. So, I kind of wonder if Chattanooga found themselves in a dry spell after putting up 7 1 uh, earlier in the week. Yeah, they used up all their sort of a mental issue on them. Yeah, they must have just used up all their goal, uh, their secret stuff in the locker room. Yeah, so we know that Chattanooga doesn't have much of a refractory period. If you don't know that, don't Google it at work. (laughs) Not safe for work. (laughs) Um. Yeah, Chattanooga was drowning them in passes 337 to 240 and mm-hmm. chattanooga had accurate passes too yep so they had more passes higher accuracy of passes more shots mm-hmm. and yet they still lost so let's go back to the yeah. the total shots chattanooga had 17 total shots three on target yeah that's you got to get higher you got to get higher numbers on target it's yeah you're still professionals. You still should be putting more shots on target. Yeah. Whereas Tucson had six total shots with two on target. You just capitalize on your, on the ones you can get. So both of their shots on target were goals. Interesting too, because they created their own chances. Tucson had no big chances in that game. Yeah. Good point. Very good point. So making your own way obviously works. And I mean, I don't know how they're doing right now, but they are playing currently. They're losing currently to Richmond one nothing. So Oh, gotcha. I mean Yeah. <laughs> I was totally gonna predict that too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just... <laughs> yeah, that, that is that is a prediction. By the time they're listening to this, it, that's what it is. Yep. Totally. Um what's going on here? Oh, so the XG stats actually had Chattanooga winning the game um, with 1.39 to 0.29. Yeah, pretty substantially, too. It's not like this was a, a you know, Chattanooga ran away with it kind of thing. Yeah. They should have if you go by just the stats, but sometimes you just don't have it. Yeah, so that was that was interesting. So then we get to... The match that's near and dear to our hearts, being Union Omaha fans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the only match one... on the weekend that I did actually watch. Yep. I watched it at Zombie Burger in Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie Burger have good food? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really good. Uh, really good burgers. Got a double burger, fries, and a coffee shake. Oh, so, it's a shake. I didn't put, they do like a drink lab thing there. So they'll give you milkshakes and it has like a list of alcohols that go into the milkshake. I didn't get it because my kids were with me and we were going to an amusement park and everything, but yeah, it, uh, 
I got a coffee one and it was amazing. Totally worth the price that it is. That's very cool. pricey though. Very. Yeah. And he said that's in Des Moines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. So a uh, little off topic here. That's okay. We can do yeah. our, our own thing. So Des Moines menace uh, qualified mm -hmm. for the uh, playoffs in USL league two. Yep. Um, I'm actually thinking about heading out there to see some playoff action um, if possible. I think yeah, that'd be really be interesting to, and you know, it'd be fun to support them. You know, they're just, Oh yeah. Just especially after, you know, yeah. Especially after our, our open cup match with them and everything and them making the drive out here to watch yeah. it too. It'd be nice to kind of get, and I mean, you know what, you can have, you can have a league one team, you can have a league two team too. Mm -hmm. So I'd yep. cheer for the menace. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So if I, find myself in Des Moines for USL two playoff action. I'll, uh, I'll have to hit up a zombie burger. Oh yeah. It's, it's good. I'd recommend for sure. So Union Omaha traveled down to South Georgia, Statesboro, Georgia, um, mm -hmm. and played in front of 627 fans. Not yeah. the attendance you want to see. I don't know what is going on there, man. Uh, they, you know what? And they, they average over a little over a thousand fans per match. So really, yeah, yeah their average for this year is 1,039. 1,039. So yeah. man, they were 400 people missing almost mm -hmm. half your attendance right there. Yeah. It's, it's not a great look, um, but you know what? It is South Georgia. I don't know if the weather was holding up down there or not. Yeah. But. Man, um, so Tormenta actually scored first. Oh, we should actually say that Union Omaha won three to two. Yeah, uh, but not without some drama along the way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, because Tormenta did score in the seventeenth minute, and then it didn't take long for Union Omaha to come back. They did score in the twenty-third uh, off a great JP Skier's uh, header, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Man. His headers this season have been just phenomenal. Really good. A lot yeah. of them, a lot of them on target, and just really nice too. Yeah. So, and then JP Skiers got his second goal of the match in the 55th with the penalty kick. So, All right. okay. Yeah. What are your What are your thoughts on that one? Um, it was a little soft. Yeah. I think I think uh, it was definitely a penalty. If you go by kind of the the letter of the law, he interfered with him in the box. He pulled the chair out from under him. Yep. Some people are going to say, well, he shouldn't have been leaning into him so much. That shouldn't be a legal play. But by, you know, rule of law, it's not. So it's a penalty and that's all there is to it. <laughs> yep. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I mean, you don't mess around with a guy in the box. It's easy yeah. as that. Mm -hmm. If he's going to lean into you, you just let him do it. And then, yeah whatever happens, happens. The ref will see if he's knocking you over and he's definitely going to see if you knock him over. <laughs> if you knock the attacking player over, the ref's going to call it most of the time. Yeah. So. You can even put your hands up, let him lean into you. And at the last second, you can turn your body out of the way, let him fall on his ass. And if he wants to cry, let him give him a yellow for the, mm -hmm. um, Oh, what's that for, for flop simulation. There you go. Simulation. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. You put it, um, you, you put it the smart way. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to play the game. Yeah. I'm, they obviously it, did not. 
that's what he did. I mean, he, he knows the rules. That's just how it works. So yeah, I don't have a problem with it. If yeah. it went against us, of course, yes, I would have a huge problem with it. But <laughs> it didn't. So, but that's the way it goes when you're a fan, you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the 74th, uh, Joe Burrito with another fantastic goal. Oh. Freaking oh, man. sniper. Bangers that, only. Yeah. I swear you put him anywhere outside the 18. He's mm. going to put it right in the corner. I mean, it's yep. just guys. Amazing skill. It didn't even look like it was hit that hard either. It kind of looked no. like it floated a little bit and maybe it caught the keeper off guard, not thinking he was going to shoot from there, but I don't yeah. see why not. He was straight on the goal. I would have taken the shot too, if I could actually play. And I love but how I Noe Mesa was right there. And the two were almost like competing to to take that kick. Oh yeah. But like, oh nope, Joe Burrito's here. All right, take it. We're good. We got yeah, a goal. We've, we've seen it from both of them too. So, yeah. I mean, that's a good problem to have. Two guys yeah. that can take spot kicks like that and score on them, and yep. score well. That's fine. That's a good problem. Yeah. So then, in the seventy seventh minute, there was a red card issued, a soft one uh, issued to Tormenta. Uh, to Josh Joshua Phelps, mm-hmm. is that I think he got the yellow card to start off the the match in like the first ten minutes too. Yeah, that that's probably what it was. Yeah. So he went down. Um. So then Union Omaha was was trying to battle back, trying to finish out the the rest of the game, mm-hmm. um, and then they let in a goal. And that was one of those. So this was in the 90th. So three minutes of extra time in the second half. Yep. Um, Tormenta had a, a free kick from outside the 18. They they kick it in. Isaac Bawa is right there. Mm-hmm. Puts his head on the ball. Redirects it perfectly into the goal. Oh, it's just really unfortunate deflection. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it was, it was a really nice goal, too. Yeah. I'll, I give, mean, I'll give him credit for that. Give him goal of the week. Yeah, just put it in the <laughs> other goal next time, Isaac. <laughs> right. I mean, it. for some reason, we've had issues recently with some own goals that need yeah. to get shored up, but um, I'm not super worried about it, honestly. It doesn't. How many times do you really see a team score an own goal on themselves in yeah. a year? Maybe once, and we've already done it twice, so yeah. we're already ahead of the game. And the one that... I think it was Connor Doyle against Tucson, if I'm yeah. rumoring mm-hmm. correctly. Yep. That one was just, I mean, the ball was, was coming in at such a dangerous angle. He had to try to clear it. He had to. Yeah. And it was just, it was just a bad angle. I don't, yep. I don't blame him one bit for going for it. No, I don't either of them really, honestly. I mean, some, and it's obviously it's easy to say that when we're talking about a victory and not a loss, but yeah. It happens, you know, shit happens. Yeah, it just is it what it is. So, yep. yep. And then we get to the Saturday night game. Uh, Central Valley Fuego hosted North Carolina FC. Mm-hmm. Um, the children from North Carolina, yeah. Children, yeah. So, one thing I think is really funny if you go to the USL site right now, USL League One, uh, they don't list Central Valley as CV. They list them as CHS. So it's like, are they, this is like some stupid abbreviation for a high school that we're putting into the USL League One. I don't know. I just thought that was stupid. Funny. That's weird. Yeah. Um, 
anyways, they had a little over 1,700 people in, in attendance. Uh, and Maximiliano Schenfield, Schenfeld uh, got the scoring started in the 30th minute. That's the, the goal of the week um, contender yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice goal. Um, well outside the box. It was right off a, a turnover. I mean, it was he did a good job um, putting that one in the net. And uh, as much as I one. don't want to root for Schenfeld, that was <laughs> that was a nice goal. It was a yeah, nice goal. <laughs> I mean, consolation prize, I guess. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so North Carolina returned the favor in the 37th minute. Um, they went into halftime two to one because Central Valley scored five minutes into extra time with an assist from Maximiliano Schenfeld. And ended up with a 3-2 victory for Central Valley. Mm-hmm. And Schenfeld ended up with a goal and assist. And then Christi- Christian Cheney ended up with two goals for Central Valley. Man. So they had a, a productive night that mm-hmm. night as well. Another high shot match here too. 13 yeah. for Central Valley and 14 for North Carolina. So five on target for Central Valley and four on target for North Carolina. So. Yep. Not too bad, honestly, of getting those shots that are on target to go in for either yeah. team. So and North Carolina almost doubled Central Valley's passing. So North Carolina had four hundred twenty one passes and Central Valley had two hundred twenty five passes. Man. That's crazy. I didn't get a chance to watch this one, so I'm just assuming a lot of those Central Valley passes were some long balls over the top. Or some trying to just get the ball centered into the box. Yeah. It's so weird to to be reviewing the stats like this because we see teams that would typically be more possession-based in one scenario are more uh, um, counterattacking in, in another. So it's mm-hmm. it's just weird to, to have that dichotomy. You'd think they, they would stick to, to what they know best. They're, they're bread and butter. But right. they're adapting. So good for them. Yeah. I, and I, you know what? I wonder if that's kind of a, a thing in the league this year because it kind of seems like teams are kind of adopting these new things. Well, when we play this team, we're going to play this way. When we play this team, we're going to play this way. Yeah. I think that is just a product of being in the league for this long, you know, or the league being around this long with most of the teams in it for as long as they have been. Okay, well, we know how Greenville is going to play. We've seen it for four years. We know how yep. Omaha's going to play. They've seen it for three years, yep. you know, and so it maybe that's just how it's going to be. So I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of you. We're going to find out who the coaches are pretty quickly yep. here before too long, because you're going to get figured out and you're going to have to adjust. So that'll yep. be actually, you know what? I'll look forward to seeing that because coaching battles are always really fun to watch. They are. Yeah. Um, okay, so well, let's let's go off topic here. Yeah. Uh, there's rumors out there involving John Harks. You buying into any of them? You think he'll go? He'll he'll leave Greenville and go to MLS if he had an actual opportunity to. Yes. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You're easily going to double your salary. Yeah. True. Easily. Yep. And you play. You do that for what? Even if. 
let's just say for whatever reason, I don't think John Harks, if he's going to leave and go to an MLS team that he's going to do bad. I just don't believe that. I think he's, I think he's a good coach, whether or not personally, I think he's good or not. That's irrelevant, but as a coach, he's a good coach. It's obvious. So if MLS team calls him and even if he does go for one year, so you coach for a year and you make double your salary and then you don't have to work again for another year. Yep. It's a win-win plus you get your name back out there. And I don't think he's hurting for money anyway, right now. No. So he's going to go somewhere he wants to go coach. So it's probably going to be somewhere like a DC or any of the other teams that are going to actually call him. Or even Charlotte. Charlotte might call. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? street. Yeah, make it nice and easy. Wouldn't even have to move. So yeah. that's yeah. probably the that's probably the place he would go if he's going to end up in MLS. But all right, so let me ask you this one too. So during the Open Cup, there was an mm-hmm. article that came out from U.S. Soccer, and yeah. J. Mims was held nothing back, and he said, "Yeah, we want to go to the MLS. Uh, that's that's where I want to be. There's no secret about it." Mm-hmm. Do you think he goes after this year? I think it depends on how we do this year. Yeah. I think the Open Cup obviously makes it his name more attractive, and they show that he can he can coach. I think everybody kind of already knew that. Um, but especially after this Open Cup run, he's going to be getting some looks. But if you come into the league and you don't make the playoffs this year, I think those look those looks go away. Yeah, and I mean. He's been there, granted, as an assistant coach with what was it, Real Salt Lake? Yep. For a time. So, um, and he was in charge of their academy. Is that correct? I think I could so. be wrong on yeah. that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not totally sure, but I think that sounds about right. Um, so, I mean, his names, his names out there. They know him. So, yep. There's there's an opportunity to. Um, and then even assistant coach Bobby. I mean, he was in charge of Orlando city twice, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. as an interim, uh, interim head coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're going to start to see, um, maybe this year we'll maybe see some of our assistants get poached out and then hopefully not Jay just selfishly. I want Jay here as long as Omaha has a team and as long as he wants to coach, but yeah, you know, just to just for Jay and wanting to root for him. Yeah, I think he'll probably end up going. I think Harks will end up going too. So it just depends on the right team at the right time. Yep. Um, this one, this coaching question is a little more, actually, it's a lot more local based. Uh, mm-hmm. So there was a, an announcement made uh, within the just the past couple of days that Donovan Dowling is going to be taking over University of Nebraska, Omaha. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about... Uh, Dowling taking over when Warming was one of the assistant coaches. Um, Not Bob know, Warming, but his son, obviously. Right. It's tough. I mean, you don't want it to be a it's who you know, not what you know situation. Yeah. And I think job, the best guy needs to get the job yeah. regardless of if he's been here for 20 years or if, you know, he knows the X, Y, and Z person, you're going to make the best hire because you want to be competitive and you want to do what you need to do. And I think that's kind of what Omad decided to do. Yeah. And just 
go with go with uh go with a resume over the name which is a smart move in my opinion yeah he has his uh press conference tomorrow morning so i think that'll be uh pretty interesting hopefully they'll they'll have it live streaming somewhere so we can uh tune in to uh watch it yeah we'll have to Uh, tune in actually going to caniglia was the first time since it was a football field for the open cup match against northern colorado was the first time i had been there since it was a football field yeah same here yeah i'd never been there and you know what i would love to go again because it's a fantastic facility yep and uh so the uh union omaha's uh pa announcer owen um godberson he was uh shout out to owen yeah owen good work man Mm-hmm. So he uh, was in the box for the U.S. Open Cup match against um, Des Moines Menace. And he was giving me all these stories about how he was sitting in that uh, uh, um, classroom building over there. And he was watching, <laughs> you know, training happen out on the, the field. And mm-hmm. like he had that personal connection with Caniglia. I, I didn't. Uh, right, yeah. I, I'm so used to it being a, a football field. So, yeah, um, it was it was it was really cool to hear some of his stories that he had to tell from when he was in college. Yeah, definitely. And like, I don't know, I'll show some of my age, I guess, here. But I was a kid the last time Omaha had a football team. The University of Nebraska, Omaha had a football team. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a little bit, but um I got a text message and lost track of exactly where I was going with that. So. <laughs> well, let's get into. Uh, oh, we didn't. Oh, we were going to skip over that massive uh, Ford Madison loss. We can't do that. No. That'd be a huge disservice to, to all of our fans out there. <laughs> yeah. To all of yeah, it's going to make the uh, the people who buy seven million kits a year a little angry. But there you go. Yeah, they're already angry at me anyway, so it's fine. So Sunday night, uh, Charlotte hosted uh, Ford Madison, and there were a little over 2,700 people in attendance. And and that was in Charlotte? It was in Charlotte, yeah. Yeah, so just a little bit over their average. Their average is 2,600, so. Cool. That's, job, I mean, Charlotte. that's yeah, that's a big match, so. So, yeah, their uh, tiebreak was, or the, the scoreline was broken the deadlock was broken in the ninth minute when Charlotte scored their first goal. Um, Trezor Mbuyu, hopefully I'm saying that right. I apologize if I'm not, um, was an unassisted goal. And then from there on, man, by halftime, it was three to one mm-hmm. for Charlotte. Yep. And then in the second half, there were four more goals, three of them by Charlotte, one of them by Madison. So it was, oof. Um, Special shout out to Charlotte's uh, Carson uh, Tallboys. Uh, Tallboys. I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. I was doing really well earlier in the in the broadcast. Nah, let's just blame okay. it on. Let's just blame it on the spotted cow. Yep, that's that'll do it. Um, so Carson scored in the 69th minute. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so. Total shots, Charlotte had 10 total shots. Nine of them were on target. Madison had 14 with five on target. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy. I'm going to crack into this second spotted cow now. Hey, there you go. There we go. All right. 
Very good passing stats for both of these teams in this match, too. Both into the 80s, 81% for Charlotte, 83% for Madison. So, yeah, it didn't seem to help Madison, but. And the XG was actually in favor of Madison because Madison had 1.46 and Charlotte Mm -hmm. had 1.1. So computer models were predicting Madison to win. Well, yeah, if if you looked just at this stat sheet that we have in front of us here that you put together, it you would think Madison should have won handily. Yeah. They had everything. More possession, passes, the more accurate passes. They were equal on the big chances. And I can't speak to if they looked better or not, but just going strictly from the numbers, they should have been the better. T- yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, you know, kits can only get you so far. So, yep. No matter how cool they are. Did or Charlotte... are not. We'll address that later. Yeah. Uh huh. We will. So, Charlotte got their ass kicked. Yeah. Uh, at the in the first match of the week, and then they decided to do the ass kicking in the last match of the week. So. <laughs> Is that that's kind of like the thing where you're like somebody got bullied and then goes and bullies the person below them and then it just yep. it's it's a never ending cycle. <laughs> I don't remember what cartoon I saw that on, but it had to have been like a Family Guy or something. But it just travels downhill. That's the perfect way to describe it, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so that's week thirteen action. Let's get into week fourteen. Let's get into some of these picks. Yeah, let's uh, let's get it up. Starting with Wednesday's early match, we have Greenville hosting North Carolina. Oh yeah, we got. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with Greenville on this one, and um, man, I just I just feel like there's gonna be something happening with Greenville's goalkeeper where he's gonna screw up and not make team of the week this week. I just got a feeling. So if you had to put any sort of a score prediction on this, what would what would you put for a score oh, prediction? Man. I'm feeling three one in favor of Greenville. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's that's, that's a pretty that's pretty bold prediction. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. It's it's it just came to me out of nowhere. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely not on this other screen over here. <laughs> And then uh, Wednesday night, we have Tucson hosting Richmond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got Richmond uh, winning that one. I had Greenville obviously winning the first one, Richmond mm-hmm. winning this one. Yeah. I would have picked that even if I wasn't watching it. Yeah. And then tomorrow night, we have Northern Colorado and uh, Chattanooga. Yes. Is that, that's at NOCO too? Yes. Yep. Oh. Uh, Jackson Ooh. Stadium, I think, at uh, Colorado. No, Northern Colorado University. University of Northern Colorado. There we go. Yeah, something like that. They've moved, what, twice now from where they were playing? So it's hard to keep track. Hopefully they get their own their own soon. So, yeah. Um, I just, it's, it's tough because NOCO is just so hard to predict. Yeah. You, you don't know what team is going to show up. Yeah. And I mean, that's evidence from even last week's games. Um, and it's just, it's hard to not pick Chattanooga just 
just because you know what they're going to do, but we don't know what NOCO is going to do. So I, I have to go Chattanooga on this one. So I am actually going to go with a draw on this one. All right. Yeah. Um, so the reason I'm saying that is because, like you were just saying with Northern Colorado, I have a hard time figuring out Chattanooga as well. Because just like we noticed with week 13 alone, mm-hmm. they beat up on Charlotte 7-1 to at home. Then they lose to Tucson 1-2 yeah. to at home. Mm-hmm. Earlier in the year, they would go from losing to Richmond on the road. Yep. Uh, then losing to Omaha at home later that mm-hmm. week. But then followed up the very next week with beating Central Valley. So they're very hot and cold. They're hard to predict. Central um, Valley on the road as well. Yeah, yeah. Literally flying cross country to get it done. Yep. So uh, on the road, Chattanooga has two victories and two losses. They have zero draws. Whereas Northern Colorado has only one victory and two draws. Mm. Um, and Northern Colorado has... Uh, a plus three goal differential, whereas Chattanooga on the road has a zero goal differential. Jeez. So I'm kind of feeling a draw for this one. Yeah, but I, I can totally see why you would say Chattanooga to win. Yeah, I. You know what? I could honestly go with a draw. I don't. I wouldn't have any issue seeing it as a draw either. Um, I just have a little bit more faith in, in them to get it done. So. Yeah. We'll see how they do in that elevation. Yeah, that's that's a big thing too, and that seems to be what everybody in um, everybody around Northern Colorado is is saying too. You know, elevation difference. So we'll yep. find out. And then Friday night, uh, Omaha hosts Charlotte. Yes, uh, you and I will both be there. Yep, we sit in the same section. We do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think it's fair to say we're both picking Omaha for this one. Mm-hmm. Even though the the last time they've only met once uh, in all of yeah. USL League One history because Charlotte is new to the league this year. Mm-hmm. And Charlotte scored two late goals uh, in the second half in the 83rd minute and the fourth minute of second half stoppage time to beat Union Omaha. Yeah, That yep. was an infuriating match to watch. But you know what? I feel like Omaha is starting to kind of figure it out. It yeah. seems that way. And then um, not having, not that the Open Cup is a burden, but when you're preparing for Open Cup in the grand scheme of things, everybody does it. When you have a big cup run, you tend to not prioritize the league. You'll prioritize the cup run. Yep. And so it seems like that's what Omaha was doing. They managed to make it as far as they have even during the cup run. So I'm excited to see what we do when we have our full focus on the league again here. Um, so yeah, I'm going to, I'm definitely going to pick Omaha at home too. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit more to say about <clears throat> our home stuff a little bit later, but yep. um, Omaha can, can be pretty good. I mean, we saw it when we went down to Kansas city, mm-hmm. you know, Omaha fans are loud. They are really loud. Yeah. I didn't I didn't get there until we can go off on a, a little bit of a tangent talk about yeah. that open cup game here but yeah go for it so I didn't get to leave work until four o'clock and 
if anybody doesn't live in Omaha that's listening to this, depending on how quickly you drive from Omaha to Kansas City, Kansas, MapQuest will tell you it's or Google Maps, MapQuest. That's that's an old <laughs> reference. Too. That's dating yourself right oh, there. Oh <laughs> god. Um, so I didn't say that. I said Google Maps. There you. Yep, I heard it too. Yeah, Google Maps says three hours. Um, I made it in two hours and 20 minutes. Wow. Give or take. Um, so I w- was walking in because we had to find parking, which sucks down there. That is the one thing I hate about going to sporting games is parking sucks if you have to park in one of the lots. Yeah. So I won't say where I actually parked, um, but I walked over and my brother and his girlfriend and me all walked over and we were walking in right when the Union Omaha chants were starting right before the starting lineups came out. And I was amazed that you could hear it all the way across the concourse. Yeah. And so, I mean, Omaha obviously can can make the noise come in, you know, and make it an intimidating place to play. So I mean, let's just say there's a need for a soccer-specific stadium for Omaha yep. that should be filled eventually. Yeah. But so I was uh, in the box because uh, I was writing for the cup.us. Sorry, the cup.us. Uh, Another great article, of course. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so um, I was up in the box uh, covering the the match and everything. Hearing the Union Omaha fans, I kid you not, it was uh, it was an emotional experience because you know that every single one of those fans was yelling at the top of their lungs full of passion full of heart and that's the kind of stuff that you love to hear i was trying to remain impartial trying to remain neutral but every single time i heard the union omaha fans yelling chanting singing i mean it was just ooh, it just gave me chills it was it was oh yeah an amazing experience yeah it was awesome the the game could have gone better but yeah i mean kansas city put out essentially they're starting 11 for MLS games against us. So yeah, it just shows that there's a little bit of a, a way to go too. So, but still great experience. I've been down to, that was my fifth time this year going down to Kansas city for a match. So um, shout out to my brother. He got me tickets for Christmas for like the opening day package, plus three more tickets. So we went down a few times and it was, it's always a good time down there. Um, yeah, there was some other things that went on down there that I don't think we're going to get into. But yeah, no, we don't yeah. need to talk about that. So uh, when I was at the uh, the hotel, I ran into I think his name is Kyle. I could be wrong on that one, and if I am, I'm I am very sorry. Uh, he is in charge of the Blue Brigade in Omaha, mm-hmm. uh, and they sit in the south stands of uh, Children's Mercy Park. Yeah, it was really really fun talking to him in the lobby of the hotel uh very nice guy mm-hmm. um had a lot of insight uh as to what it was like running a a supporters group even one from you know hundreds of miles away um and it was it was just it was a really fun conversation so kyle if yeah. you're watching this you know shout out to you man that was that was a fun conversation i'd, I'd love to share some beers sometime and you know chat some more that was that was fun Oh yeah, definitely. And there was the, you know, the vast majority of those fans down there were 
awesome. You walked yeah. in, Hey, how's it going? Oh yeah, pretty good. We had our own separate line to get inside the, inside the park and everything. Um, really I didn't have too many issues at all or anything. So it was a good time and I enjoyed it. And hopefully, hopefully this can kind of build into something that maybe Omaha and Kansas city does every single year, whether it be just like a friendly or something like that. It'd be nice to get their first team up here for a match sometime or us to go down there again for another match, even if it is just a friendly, hopefully it's open cup and hopefully it's an open cup final, but Either way, I'd love to play him again. Yeah. So uh, before I went down to Kansas City, I was chatting with uh, Liam Keating, one of the other uh, writers for Who Gives a Hoot. Oh, yeah. um, he actually lives down in the Kansas City area. He does. He covers uh, local sports and all that kind of stuff. Cool guy. Uh, Liam, awesome guy. Uh, so he got me in contact with Daniel Sperry. Uh, he's one of the writers um, for Sporting Kansas City. And if you want to read some some cool articles about Sporting Kansas City, read some of Daniel Sperry's work because he does some mm-hmm. some good stuff um when the 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 next morning when i was uh writing back up to uh to omaha i was reading his article that he put out for the the U, the open cup match he, he did a great job he got some uh quotes from inside the the sporting locker room um that were really good so mm-hmm. <clears throat> daniel if you're watching shout out to you too man no oh, yeah i follow him on twitter i read his stuff all the time too it's really good yeah all right, so that gets us through the picks. Um, does it? No, it doesn't. No, oh, we, we still got, have plenty more. Yeah, we still <laughs> plenty more to go. We went All off right. on a little bit of a tangent there. We did. But we're back. So Saturday night, we also have Richmond hosting North Carolina. This yes. is an interesting one. Very interesting. Um, especially when you look at kind of what the, the head-to-heads have been. It's North Carolina with six wins, two draws, and Richmond with one win. So, I mean, and just for me, I go through, I don't do a whole lot of the analytics reading and stuff like that into it. I kind of just go by the eye test from the stuff that I actually do get to watch because yeah. it's hard. You got two kids and then it it's hard to watch matches, yeah. at least watch them enough to know what you're talking about a lot of the time. But I just got a feeling about this one that, North Carolina's looked pretty good this year. Far, far different than last year and far different than what I thought they were going to be. I think I picked them dead last at the beginning of the season. I think I had Charlotte dead last, but I didn't have North Carolina very far above them. Yeah, I don't think it might. That might have been what it was. I think it might have been the newest team in the league with Charlotte coming in as last and then North Carolina. But I didn't expect them to do what they're doing this year. I don't think a whole lot of people did, honestly. Yeah. Um, their signings have really, really stepped up to help them out. So, yeah. and it looks like that Academy program is working how they wanted it to, because yep. that was the big thing with them is that they wanted that Academy program to build up and then to build into their team so they could ship those guys off, get experience, come back and play here for one year before going somewhere else. And so it seems to have worked. So I'm actually going to pick North Carolina to beat Richmond. Wow. Okay. Who did I have for this one? I got to look through my notes here. I had Richmond. <clears throat> um, so Richmond at home is four, three, and one. 
So going back to what you were saying about uh, this being a really interesting matchup and that there are so many matches played between these two, mm -hmm. uh, it was really interesting to discover that there's a richer history between these two clubs uh, than just USL League One. So mm -hmm. these two played in the old USL League. They've also played each other in the Open Cup. So yeah. not just USL League One action. I mean, they've played each other in the USL, the Open Cup. I mean, they have they have a history. So. Mm -hmm. It's it's cool that there that there's that going on. Uh, a big reason why I'm picking um, Richmond to win this one is because they score a lot of goals at home. Um, they have scored 18 at home. Oh man! Yeah, versus only allowing seven, so they have a plus 11 goal differential at home. Whereas North Carolina, on the road, has only scored six and allowed five goals. So they have a plus one goal differential. Yeah. And I mean, if you looking at the table with Richmond, their, their goal differential for the table itself is 10 goals. It's the highest of any, anybody. The next highest is Chattanooga with six for their goal differential. So Richmond scores a lot of goals for sure. Yeah, they do. Yep. So yeah, that one, that one's going to be a lot of fun uh, to watch. Um, I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said that their academy is is moving in the right direction. They're mm -hmm. developing players and all that kind of stuff. Um, they are a team that is very dangerous once they start to believe in themselves. Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> as much as you can, you want to squash them as much and as often as you can. Got to get out ahead of them quick. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You said it perfectly right there. Next one up is Central Valley versus Tormenta. Oof, that's yeah. a tough one. This, I don't think anyone wants to win this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I feel like I should just go with a draw on this one because nobody's going to want to win and they're just going to run out the clock on each other. Yeah. Uh, so to give you guys a little bit of a background, um, in Central Valley's last five, they are one win two draws and two losses their home record for the season uh they have one victory three draws and one loss and they have uh, a goal differential of zero at home whereas tormenta in their last five they have zero wins three draws two losses their away record is three wins two draws zero losses and they have a goal differential on the road of minus two <laughs> That's they don't that, nobody wants weird. to win. <laughs> no, no. So I do have Tormenta winning this one. It's understandable. Um, so they, I don't know. I think I just flipped a coin on this one. So Tormenta <laughs> does have a, um, they have scored 10 goals on the road. Uh, mm -hmm. but they, at the same time, they've, allowed seven so i don't i don't know it's yeah well they also have you know a uh a loss to avenge here from week eight when they yeah. got beat four nothing so yeah maybe that's true. maybe revenge comes into it a little bit yeah because it's i mean it's not like it was a one oh a one nil loss it four nil is pretty bad ass kicking honestly yeah yeah, that's a pretty bad ask. Yeah. All right. So Sunday, 
the only match of the day there. We have Tucson hosting Greenville. So Greenville's playing twice this week. Yeah, they're playing twice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're kind of loaded. Yeah. Uh, so I was having a tough time predicting this one too because Greenville plays two matches this week. Mm-hmm. So you have to factor in load management when they go into the the Sunday night game. Yeah. Um, they're they're traveling on the road. Um, mm-hmm. But and and you know I have to take into effect that um, take into account that Greenville doesn't play very well against Tucson. Um, yeah. They've these two clubs have faced each other six times, and both clubs have two wins, two draws, two losses. That's some mighty big consistency there. Yeah, it's about as even as it gets. Yeah. So who you got? My heart says Tucson, but my head says, yeah. I like how you're even covering your heart there. (laughs) But my head says Greenville is going to run away with it. And for some reason, seeing that 3-1 in my head and not on the screen to my right, I have to think that they load managed a little bit in that match. So I think they're going to be fresh enough to take care of them too. So yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to go Greenville. I don't think it's going to be very much. I think Tucson is hopefully going to start to figure it out eventually. Um, But you know what too, maybe this is that turning point. It's just like, just like last year when Pearlman came in, they had a turning point. Um, Maybe this could be their turning point. Who knows? Wait, I want to look up something because this doesn't, this statistic doesn't seem right. So I have Tucson playing four matches at home and they've allowed 18 goals. That cannot be right. I need to look at that here really quick. So in week three, they tied Madison one to one at home. Uh, Week five, they lost Tormenta zero to two. Week six, they lost to North Carolina one to two. Let's see. And then in week eleven, they lost to Omaha one to two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that can't be right. I don't know where I got those numbers. Oh, that's their overall goal differential. Oh, that's what I'm looking at. Okay, not their home goal differential. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Their home goal. Their home goal differential is minus four. Oh well, I mean, yeah. Whereas the entire their entire league play is minus seven. Uh, minus eight after today. Minus eight. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Minus eight after today. They are not doing too hot. Man. Actually, surprisingly enough, tied with Charlotte for goal differential. Yet Charlotte is fifth in the standings. Interesting. That just shows how weird this league is. Yeah. Um, I find it really weird the way that the tie-breaking works in League One because I think in... In other leagues, I think one of my scarves just fell. Oh, well. Yep, I sure um, did. In League One, the first tiebreaker is total wins. 
and then they go to goal differential. Weird. Yeah, because I think you and I are more accustomed to the the European route where it's purely goal differential. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you mean we have to be different than the European leagues? Oh my gosh. Well, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind when they bring up wanting to play in the winter again. Yeah. Like, dude, I am not wanting to go sit out in negative two degree weather to watch a soccer match. It's going to suck. Yeah. So several years ago, Creighton hosted a home match for the, I think it was the NCAA tourney. I could be wrong on that one, but I think it was the NCAA tourney and it was snowing. And I'm not, I'm not kidding when I, when I was saying it's snowing, do you remember the, um, the match between us and Costa Rica, I think. And it was in, uh, Colorado where it was, there was actual like piles yeah. of snow. Like it was mm-hmm. accumulating during the match. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exact same way it was oh, uh, for that, that Creighton match. No, <laughs> it was crazy. And they lost, but yeah. it was, it was a really good time. Cause I think they went to, uh, I think they played 120 minutes instead of 90. So Oof. it was, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was behind one of the goals and bundled up in multiple layers and screaming. It was oh man, it was it was a good night. Oh yeah, it definitely can be, but not something I want to do for seventeen matches a year. Exactly, week in week out. Yeah, yeah, that would be man. tough. I hate the cold as it is, man. I don't want to sit out in the cold. <laughs> I hate it. Is that why you were partial to, to Tucson when we were talking about that one against uh, Greenville? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> if I lived anywhere else, it'd probably be like Arizona. I've been yeah. there like three times now, and I love it down there. It's great. The dry heat where it's it's just so hot, but you're not sweating at all. Oh, yeah. No, I don't care about that. That's fine where with me. It could be 100 room. degrees today and every single day of the week. and Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. Whereas in Louisiana the humidity is just so high enough that you're just, you're drenched in sweat, even walking oh, yeah. out to your car. Yep. <laughs> JR knows what I'm talking about. He used to live in Mississippi. Oh yeah. I'm sure he's got it. Yep. All right. Let's we've, we've covered the uh, week 14 action. Let's jump over to the power rankings. Um, yeah. So according to league one, we have a new, uh, top dog we have greenville at the top of the power rankings yeah i mean sure i don't know it's <laughs> right now who knows man like yeah a, a we're so early into the season b yeah it's probably going to be one of the top four teams from last year that's just going to circulate in and out yeah for the whole entire year i mean and when you look at greenville too they didn't they didn't lose a whole lot. So, I mean, no, they should be in all honesty, they should be winning all every week. They should be number one, but I think, uh, at the beginning of the season, when we did our preseason rankings, I had, I think I was very, uh, man, I was very, uh, vocal about the fact that I thought that Greenville was going to run away with it this year. Mm-hmm. It hasn't come true I, yet. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I got so much shit on Twitter for when I don't remember what I was doing. I think I was talking shit to 
I don't remember whose fan it was, but it was one of the fans of somebody that like, Oh, it was a North Carolina fan. And I was like, dude, there's two top dogs in league one until proven. Otherwise everybody else can just shut the fuck up. She yeah. hasn't won anything. And the only other team that's won anything isn't in the league anymore. So until you guys win a title, you can't talk to Greenville or Omaha. So, yeah. and until I get proven wrong from either Omaha or Greenville, I'm going to think that way every week. So mm-hmm. yep. we'll see. And I hate giving Greenville that much credit. I really do. It pains me, <laughs> but at least it's not Madison. That's true. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, uh, talk shit about Greenville though. I mean, they're, they're so consistently good, even from the, yeah. the, the first year that they were in league one, mm-hmm. um, up until now, I mean, they're, they've just been so consistently good. Even last season when they had all those injury issues, they still came out of it just fine on the other end and yep. made it, made it all the way to the championship. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just crazy what they've been able to do in the past three years. If it wasn't for all that damn sand all over the field, you know, they would have won that according to John Harks. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Has there been uh, as much sand on the field this season? I haven't noticed a whole lot of the sand. I haven't noticed a whole lot of the sand. I've noticed the field has looked worse than it has the last couple of years. I will agree with you on that point. Substantially. I don't know what the issue is, but it there's an issue that needs figured out. I mean, from, from where we sit on our section, I'm sure you saw it too in the last match, the ball would hit the transition between the infield and the outfield yeah. and would bounce. Yeah. And we're not talking like, oh yeah, it just like rolled over. Like, no, it would bounce like two inches off the ground. It was yeah. horrible. Like there's a speed bump in the in the field yeah. that you got to contend with. Yeah. And <clears> I, mean, I it's remember a, seeing that too. It's a player safety issue. That that is part of it, but a lot of it too is like optics. I mean, yeah. if you're watching that on TV and you're like, what the hell is that? It's like, oh yeah, these guys playing a fucking baseball field, of course. Yeah. <laughs> It just looks horrible. It's, yeah, it just further legitimizes the argument from everybody who says, oh, it's just third division soccer, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, which is fine. If you play in a baseball stadium that you now own, I think, what is it? The Rowdies have that stadium. It was a baseball stadium, and now it's yeah. specifically a soccer stadium. That's different because, I mean, yes, it's a baseball stadium, but now it's 100% for soccer. You don't have to transition transition and flip the field every week yeah. or every two weeks, whatever it is for us. I don't know. The whole schedule thing always gets on my nerves at the beginning of the season when we find out we're screwed by playing seven away games in a row. So, Yep. Yep. Whatever. <laughs> but it's, it's purely by coincidence. It has nothing to do with the fact that there's a baseball team there. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the first episode i don't want to get in too much trouble exactly yeah 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 we could we could poke the bear so badly right now but we're not going to no no i i will say i love warner park and i love sharing our stadium with a baseball team there you go yeah all right so skipping past the power rankings there wasn't too much to talk about um I think we both pretty much agree with a lot of the the movement the, there. The only thing in that I don't necessarily agree with is throwing Tormenta all the way at the bottom. Oof, yeah. I don't that was think rough. I don't think Tormenta's worse than Tucson. <laughs> True, yeah. And I I would switch those two as well. 
Yeah, that's the only even despite the thing. fact that Tucson beat Chattanooga, I would still put yeah. Tormenta. Yeah, yeah, I think Tormenta just talent wise is heads and tails above Tucson. Yeah, I mean, even if Tormenta is winless in their last five, I, I mean, I, I still think they're better than Tucson. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's head into uh, news from around the league. Um, there was a really positive article that or email that was sent out to Union Omaha fans where they yeah. announced that Bellevue University is going to be providing tuition assistance for season ticket holders. Yep. I thought that was this is a deal that you don't hear about anywhere else in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think this is such a, a special, special deal. Um, and I'd love to take advantage of it. Um, I'd, I'd love to go back and get, uh, another degree. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I would love to get a degree. <laughs> I, I, I went into the trades, so I don't have a degree, but I mean, that's, that's awesome because I mean, from what I've heard, Bellevue University does a great job. So um, the tuition assistance really helps. And it's just one of those added bonuses that, you know, we were promised when you became a season ticket holder. Yeah. Um, and I know we've seen maybe one or two different things um, here and there. I think the club can do a little bit better with some more season ticket holder exclusive events and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously they're still trying to figure it out too and everything like that. But um, this goes a, lo- a really long way because this is a really good thing that they have partnered with Bellevue to do. So, yeah, I think it's great. So uh, the last I saw, they were going upwards of $2,500 mm-hmm. uh, for an entire, what was it? Session or year? I can't remember exactly what the, the specifics were. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what kind of phrasing they use because every, every college does it or every type of college does it different. So, yeah. Nonetheless, um, it's, it's a great deal. And uh, I think isn't Bellevue the entire league's educational sponsor. Yeah. Um, I originally had thought that it was just ours and we had only see it on, on our matches, but right after the word came out, I don't remember what match I was watching, but I think it was one of the matches from one of the East coast teams and Bellevue university pops up. It's like, Oh, okay. So this is a league wide thing and not just a local thing, which makes it even better. And so maybe I would like to see maybe something for the whole league, something like that. But obviously that is a whole nother big can of worms that they would have to get into. And that's a lot more money too, but yeah. Looks like it's $2,500 per year in tuition assistance. Yeah. Hey, especially for college, any little bit helps. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. My wife's currently going to UNO, so I, I I definitely know college gets pretty expensive, so Yeah. So yeah, that's that's awesome that Bellevue University did that. Yep. Uh and uh shout out to Chip uh Nelson. If you guys don't know him, Chip Deripa on uh Twitter. He's also one of the the co-hosts of Walkin 90. Uh he sent us an article today that was actually perfect for us to discuss. Um, yeah. Right before we we started uh, recording today too. Mm-hmm. So this one, let me. 
jump into that. I want to see exactly where it came from. NewsChannel9.com. So obviously a local Yeah, site. that's it's got to be the local Canada. affiliate out there, yeah. WTVC. So in this article, uh, looks like one of the former Red Wolves employees is going to be suing the club for breach of contract uh, because he feels the team misrepresented itself uh, during the interview process and, you know, following steps after he accepted the position. Yep. So Derek Green was recruited from Nashville to Chattanooga uh, to be the executive vice president. Mm -hmm. And in order to accept the the position, the Red Wolves made, quote unquote, numerous representations about the team on a meeting on uh, May 15th, uh, 2020. Um, Bob Martino, uh, the owner of the Red Wolves, said via phone that the Red Wolves were a professional soccer club. Or I'm sorry, pro professional soccer academy with a true path to professional play. And that same notion was confirmed by Sean McDaniel the president and general manager of the Red Wolves. Um, and that was just the, that that's that seems to be the biggest uh, m misrepresentation that Green has against the club. I kind of want to start at that one. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on the club being described as a professional soccer academy? Uh, man, um, I honestly don't know that much about their academy system or anything like that. Um, but I feel like you just have to wonder, did he accept that position sight unseen? Did he just get a phone call, ask a couple questions and say, oh yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. I'll come in and work for you. Yeah. With all these promises. Cause I mean, Promises over the phone or, you know, word of mouth or one thing promises in a contract or a different thing. Yeah. So I wonder how much of that is actually written down and how much of that was just word of mouth. It sounds like a lot of it was just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like this, but we'll hammer out the details later. Exactly. Kind of and it just, if, I don't know, I'm not telling this guy how to uh, go find jobs, but if that were me, I would. I definitely try to uh, make sure those claims were true before taking the job. Yeah, he did not do his research because uh, even when you Google Chattanooga Red Wolves, they are described as, quote, an American professional soccer club based in Chattanooga, unquote. Yes, they have two USL uh, semi-pro teams, Park City Red Wolves and Dalton Red Wolves. But Chattanooga Red Wolves, they are a professional team. Yes, they mm -hmm. are Division Three, but they are professional. Yeah. So I I agree with you. I I don't think that he read the the details of the contract. I don't think he asked enough questions. Um. No, there's no way. Because I mean, if if you look at all of the stuff that he was essentially promised, that would be, and half of it wasn't true. Yeah. I mean, allegedly not true. I guess I should say. They were saying that he was going to have a salary of $90,000 with $25,000 in bonuses, but the goals were never specified. So this man who was going to be 
signing on as executive vice president at Chattanooga Red Wolves. Wasn't going to iron out the details ahead of time. Didn't know his incentives. Didn't know his incentives. And then later comes back to the club and says, hey, remember when we talked about those goals? Well, they were never specified. Like, when? how am I going to get my bonuses? You got you to gotta do all that ahead of time, man. I don't know, dude. Figure something out. Yeah. You and then he says, first. I don't know. He feels misled, was told about, quote, top level facilities, unquote. And what year Top was level this? compared to what? I mean, it's it, USL one. You're not going to Camp New. You're not going to the no, Burnabout. No, yeah, no. Old Trafford or anything like that. I mean, it's USL one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And he, there's there's zero chance he toured the facility or did any of that stuff. Because yeah. if he did, in what 2020, May 15th, 2020, right? Yeah. Yeah, May 15th. Yeah. May 15th of 2020. Was the stadium even half done by then? I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt they even had the lights up. Well, yeah. I'm not even sure that they have lights now. I think they just use flares. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Yeah. Just a bunch of flares. I don't know. I just, you can't, how somebody in that high of a position goes sight unseen, just, yeah, I'll take your word for it, dude. Yeah. Sure. And I guess if he did his research, he'd have seen that there are multiple other clubs within the same league that are playing on baseball fields, who are playing on high school college fields. How are how are you supposed to be the shining beacon of this league being and having top level facilities? Nah, I, nah, I don't know. I it doesn't make any sense. Like there's yeah. Yes, they probably misled him for some of it, but at the same time he didn't do his research. No, he did not. Just didn't do his research and sign the contract. So sorry, dude. Sucks to be you, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I he can sue Chattanooga Red Wolves all he wants. I well, what is he gonna get out of it, even if he does win it? Yeah. We everybody knows these teams are operating on such fine margins anyway. Yeah. Like, are you gonna get some ownership out of it? Or like what I don't I guess I don't know what his end game is. I didn't read that far down as to what he's actually asking for but yeah i don't think that was included in the article but it'll certainly be something to to follow and track in the coming weeks oh definitely well yeah we'll be sure to keep everybody updated on it too yeah so yeah that was a that was a fun tidbit that uh came in hot off the press thanks thank you to the chip for that one yeah thanks buddy so this would usually be the uh point of the the show where we would go back and answer some questions that we might have from um any fans but being that this is our first show we don't have any questions and we don't have any answers for those questions so moving right i will along. say shout out to connor on twitter he called the name oh. perfect yeah knew it was a podcast yeah knew the name and everything like dude i owe you a dr pepper yeah, I, I owe you as well because that was that was some mighty fine detective work that you did, sir. That was yeah, called it. Kudos to you, man. I'm out. So I'm gonna I think I'm out. Yeah. Well All right. yeah. tell me about Geo. Oh god. <laughs> Geo, I know you're listening. And if you're not, I'm gonna make sure you listen. 
I got a bone to pick with you and your fantastic hair. What happens in the USL1 Discord stays in the USL1 Discord. You don't need to come out and out me as being somebody who likes the look of Madison kids when I don't like Madison stuff. Yes, their kits are awesome. I thought that bef- the year they had the drip kit, I think, is the year that we came into the league. And I was like, oh, shit, I need to buy one of those. And then we started playing. I was like, oh, fuck, never mind. No, I don't. Like, it's still really <laughs> fucking cool, though. And then I saw they put out like 7 million of them. I have never once said Madison puts out ugly kits because I would be lying because they are beautiful. I just make fun of them because they put out so fucking many of them for no reason. Why do you have nine kits on your website? And it's not like it's, you know, well, I got one kit and this one's a little bit cheaper. It's like, no, this shit's all like expensive. So many kits for no reason. Yeah. I mean, if it helps you win matches, that's fine, but didn't help you last year. So I don't know. Maybe some of those, uh, kit dollars need to be going into some training and development as opposed to designing new kits, even though they are really cool. That's all I have to say. Geo, stop saying, putting what I say in USL one discord out to the masses, please. (laughs) Yep. So I will say this, um, being a Chicago Fire fan, as you can see, oh, other hand up right there. There you go. Right here. Um, the fact that uh, Chicago Fire and Ford Madison used to have an affiliation where um, they had that sort of partnership um, mm-hmm. developed. Um, I did keep, I did used to keep an eye on Ford Madison. I wasn't, I never categorized, my, categorized myself as a fan but I did keep tabs on how they were doing. So yes, um, that's an unfortunate circumstance as well. And I, and I hate yeah. the fact that I just admit that on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I also said, I liked their kids like seven times. So, <laughs> but if somebody wants to send me a drip kit. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I just wouldn't wear it. Yeah. But I'd be it'll happy. Go, it'll look really good on the wall behind you. Dude, I yeah, you've got a scarf wall. I have a fucking beach body Peloton bike <laughs> behind me, and then all of my kids' toys that they never put away. Like, <laughs> I gotta do so. I'm just gonna sit like this for now. No, nope. then you see my shoes. Yeah, right. that's about right. I need to build something. I need to get a scarf wall behind me. Yeah, got to put up that Liverpool stuff. So, what I really want to do is get a scarf from every club, um, and then have it like tiered based on the standings. And have oh, that set behind cool. me. So that's that's what I want to do in future weeks. That would be awesome. Yeah. Shout out to all the clubs. Yeah. So the this is the best part of our show. And it's going to be from here until the very end. Um, I'm giving Brian full reign to just go on a rant. And that's that's that I don't I don't even need to know the topic of what he's ranting about. I'm just giving him the time and letting him just just vent. So, Brian, take it away. Okay. So, the the rant this week we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. There 
this re this year for some reason there's a lack of energy inside oh there we go inside and around warner park before matches i don't know what it is it could probably be part of the open cup stuff because those are big like emotional things especially beating two mls sides but something is gonna have to change whether it's internally with supporters or internally with the front office because there's no incentive for me sitting outside at my truck drinking beers to go inside and do anything until two minutes until kickoff there's no point i can get to my seat in five seconds it doesn't really matter i'm not buying beer in there because it's so fucking expensive yep. i'm not paying that much money for beer especially when i can get a 30 rack for the same price as one beer there i'm just not going to do it so i don't know what what it is exactly but if it if anybody can think of anything please feel free to tweet us tweet me yell at me do whatever you want to do i don't really care my my twitter obviously if you follow me you see i argue with people i don't really care um something's got to change i don't know what it is but we need to stop treating it i feel like internally we need to stop treating it like it's an extension of the baseball team because the energy inside is the same as when I go to a Storm Chasers game. There's no pregame real there's no real pregame entertainment. I know we tried it with the DJ a couple of times. I don't think I've seen him since um, since last year. Um, but there's no real energy. And especially going to like SKC. Yes, granted, it's just really loud fucking speakers, but it's something. And we don't have that we've got the guys warming up and then we've got the counting crows playing omaha over the speaker <laughs> like come on man we got to do something a little bit different i will i want to see if we can brainstorm some cool ideas to make the pregame a little bit better inside the stadium because if there's incentive to go inside and it's a fucking party every time we go in and i can go in and get a couple $2 beers and hang out with everybody like from parliament before I go to my seat or all the other supporters groups that we have, everybody can just hang out together pre-match tailgating. That's another thing. I'm going to save that for next week, but um, we can all hang out together tailgating. Then we'll go in, grab a couple $2 beers, hang out at downdraft, walk to our seats and then watch union Omaha get a victory. But it, it definitely needs to, to have a little bit of life interjected into it. And I don't know if that's coming from us or coming from the front office, but if we can figure out how to make that happen, I feel like Omaha has the fans that can make a big difference in whether or not Union Omaha wins or loses matches. I mean, you see it with, um, I mean, we saw it with Liverpool. I mean, how many games was it that they went undefeated at Anfield? It's like in the 40s because their fans know their shit and their fans are loud and their fans know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of my rant for this week. We just need to find that extra gear with us as supporters and as the front office to make that pregame atmosphere better. Yeah. Yep. 
I think there's some very valid points there. Um, so I support it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, if you don't agree with me, feel feel free to uh, find me on Twitter and call me a fucking moron or whatever else you want to do. I don't. That's fine. Yeah, Adam, you can see his screen name right there. That's his yeah. Twitter handle. That's true. <laughs> Adam, just put an at right there. That's yeah. me. And just don't be surprised when I start yelling back at you. So give and take that's what it's all about yeah i mean it is what it is all right folks that is our first show uh of usl league one on the rocks damn that um, was a long one too i know it was a long one yeah we're gonna have to work oh, on buddy. cutting that shit down <laughs> <laughs> so i am rich flemings you can find me at i'm rich but i'm not um that's brian you can find him at, at mediocre ace Yes, sir. Uh, you can also tweet us at on the rocks uh, pod. You can send us an email at USL league one on the rocks um, at gmail.com. So get in contact with us, send us questions, send us comments, send yes. us some fun ideas. Send We're going to interact questions. with you guys. We're going to have a ton of people on the show. We're going to do a bunch of interviews. It's going to be a great time. So, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Everybody have a great rest of the week. Enjoy week 14 action. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys.